Hello, welcome to the L3 Podcast, a podcast production of the Michigan Ministry Network designed and focused to help ministers and church leaders live healthy lives, lead thriving churches, and launch into the communities around them. I'm your host, Aaron Halavin, and we're excited to be with you today. Well, I'm excited today to have my longtime friend, especially since we were young youth pastors at one point, <laughs> uh, Tim Pike here on the podcast. Tim, welcome. Hey, thanks. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, we've gotten older as the years have gone on. We have. And I remember us hanging out in yeah. some younger years. In fact, at a men's retreat once. Yeah. I remember we went and got coffee. And Yeah, and you still have that. hair. What? I do have hair. Do I have, have hair? thinned in the crown some. Yeah, don't don't talk about thin hair. I got nothing <laughs> left, man. Uh, for those who right. don't know Tim, I uh, just want to give you a moment to uh, get to know him. Tim, share a little bit about what you're doing and who you are. Introduce us to yourself. All right. Well, thank you. Um, I guess personally, I guess I would just say I'm married to my wife, Heather. We met in high school. We're high school sweethearts. And in our time together, we've had four children. Addie, Natalie, William, and Henry. So, of course, that's what we care about the most. Sure. Um, ministry speaking, currently I'm the pastor at New Life Christian Fellowship. I started there in January of 2020. I had been pastoring before then as well. But Great time to start. Yes. That it was, was a perfect time to start it really, It really was. I mean, I couldn't have imagined a better scenario than two months before everything uh, went crazy to fun. take over. Uh, we are, as you know, an interdenominational church. Yeah, right that kind of functions, I guess, as far as our style and our yeah. worship and our doctrine as an Assemblies of God church. So we're kind of like an official, unofficial Assembly of God You are correct. church. So it, it, we get the benefits of being in the Assemblies and, and the, the fellowship, camaraderie, but I don't have to fill out ACMR. <laughs> and how bad. many pastors in their car listening to this just said, amen, amen, <laughs> amen. Well said, Tim, well said. Uh, today, our subject matter is the uh, need for spiritual hunger as a leader. And um, uh, one of my uh, concerns that we always have as uh, someone who uh, works alongside pastors and churches, and I feel like my job is to serve those churches and pastors, is the uh, part of our vision is to live healthy lives. And part of that is to live a healthy spiritual life. We focus a lot in the kingdom on mental health, emotional health, maybe financial health, uh, retirement. We, we talk about the practical things. And we make a natural assumption that everybody's a spiritual hungry mm -hmm. leader. And I, I'm not sure that we should do that. Uh, I get concerned at times that we are more uh, capable as professional pastors than we are necessarily as spiritual leaders. Yeah, um, sure. That there can be seasons at least. I know in my years, let's just, I'll talk about me and my uh, almost 30 years of ministry now. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, there, there were stretches where our, my spiritual hunger waned. Um, I felt flat. I, I got busy in the work of the ministry you and bet. forgot to spend time. And I think, I think all of us have had those seasons. No so, doubt. um, so I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about spiritual hunger as a leader. I know this is dear to your heart and, uh, it's an area of your life that I've gotten to observe over years that I do believe that you pursue. And so I want to start off with, um, defining it. Uh, so often we talk about vague concepts, but we don't really define and uh, a subject can mean different things to different people. So uh, can you define uh, what spiritual hunger is? And, and then after you do that, kind of why is this so important to all of us as leaders and ministers in the kingdom? Sure. Um, let's start by saying this, that we all recognize that because we're talking about spiritual realities, there remains in spiritual realities mystery. Correct. Uh, spiritual hunger is not the kind of thing we can say, hey, Lord, make me spiritually hungry today. Right. And so I just say that to affirm what you said, which is in my own journey, of course, yeah. I have waxed and waned yeah. in my spiritual hunger. Sure. Um, so I think that's important for anyone 
to understand as they listen so as to not believe that Correct. there's some perfect pastor out there that's Correct. every day has burned with a passion for the things of God. Absolutely. I would say something like this. Jesus, uh, when he gave his Sermon on the Mount, when he stands out and he says, this is kind of the, the way of my kingdom, mm-hmm. he says a multitude of things that you're aware of. And, of course, one of those things is those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Right. In other words, if there was a certain kind of hunger that was above and beyond the natural hungers and affections of our life, that God promised to fill in a way that he did not promise to fill anything else. That's really good. So I would say, uh, at least the way I think of it, is that spiritual hunger is is a state of being in which we decide, as ministers, of course, but as anybody who wants to follow the Lord Jesus, sure. state of being in which we decide that knowing God is the most important thing we can do. Oh, man, what a what a fantastic <laughs> definition. Say that one more time. Okay, so I would just roughly say it like this. It's a state of being yeah. in which we decide that knowing God is the most important thing we can do. Wow. That is the best definition of spiritual hunger that I've heard. And, and I think that's so key. Because if we really tune in to knowing God as our number one priority, uh, it sort of takes away some of that mystery. Of course, yeah. there's deep mystery within knowing Always, God, yeah. but, but it takes away some of the confusing things that we immediately go to the old song, even though it includes this, read your Bible, pray every day, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. We, we, start to, we like to hold on to the tangible and say, you got to do your devotion for this amount of time and prayer for that. That's all good. That's all part of it. It's not what spiritual hunger is in its core. It's wanting to know God, and that's your number one priority. I love that. And that's what Jesus taught. I mean, I was thinking in preparation for this of the Gospel of John, and as you know, how often in the Gospel of John there's this language about food Mm -hmm. and even ingesting. Like That's where Jesus says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, I am the bread of life that's come down from heaven. Uh, Whoever uh, eats this, whoever participates in this, don't work for the food that perishes. Right. Um, the woman at the well, over and over again in the Gospel of John. And obviously, each and every one of those examples, there'd be some context there, some something that Jesus is doing with that person. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to miss that it seems that the overall theme of that in John, the bread and the yeah. water of life and all of that, is Jesus saying, what is going to satisfy you? Mm-hmm. Or even more importantly, who will you be satisfied right, by? Right. And I think that's the, 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 the golden thread, so to speak. I don't know if that's the phrase, but right. that runs through all of that is, are you going to be sustained by earthly things? Right. By the food that perishes, which is when the people came to him looking for more bread? Right. Or will you be sustained by the Father mm. in heaven, the Son, and the Spirit? Yeah. And Jesus said, my, my food is to do the will of the Father. And I think that that really ought to be, I want to say the goal of everybody, but even yeah. using a term like goal is a bit hard because yeah. it's such an ongoing organic Maybe thing. it's the pursuit. Yeah, the pursuit. The there pursuit. You go. Yeah, there the you pursuit. It's a better and, way of saying it. And it really is centering, what you're saying is, if I'm hearing you right, is it centering us back that you're a Christian first. That's right. You know, before we're a professional, before we're pastors, before we're missionaries, ministry, we're Christian believers. And the call came out of our faith not our faith came out of a call. That's right. Uh, the call is the evidence of the faith work that God started. So it's really getting back to your number one priority is to be a child of God. That's right. Son or daughter of God and to follow him with everything you have. In ministry, why, why is this extra so important to us uh, well, when we lead? 
Well, I would just say briefly, and again, maybe this sounds overly simplistic, but spiritual hunger is precisely the life of the minister. Right. It is the, I guess, if you could see me doing air quotes right now, yeah. the duty of the minister. And he really did them. He really yeah, did, I did the air quotes. I did do them. There was only one it. air quote, but he needed to, I'll, I'll do the both for you. Because yeah. I know duty could sound a little bit dry, but yeah. it is the job of the minister to engage in that kind of practice. I thought of the uh, story in Acts where they come to the disciples about the feeding of the Grecian widows and Mm -hmm. the Jewish widows and how the distribution of food was taking place there. And they assess the situation, of course, and they decide if we take time, this is in Acts chapter 6, if we take time or too much time trying to decide about how this food distribution is going to go, we're going to miss out on something. And what they said was that they were going to miss out on is the word declaring the good news about Jesus, the crucified and risen Lord and prayer. Right. And so notice that the task itself was administrative. So it's not as if we're saying there's nothing administrative to do, or, you know, you're studying in your office and someone comes and says, pastor, the pipe burst in the bathroom. You go, well, that's, that's, I'm in prayer. I'm in prayer. (laughs) Right. We all know that that's, Right, not what we're saying. Right, but if we're trying to prioritize our life, correct. Their decision was this: we will lose something valuable. Right, if we get caught up in all this administrative stuff. It's true. And so, therefore, we want to have other people do that. Yeah. And so we can dedicate ourselves to right. the Word and prayer. And of course, it has to be worked out in a church, in a culture, in a context. There are no fast and and easy, you know, do this, don't do that kind of scenarios right. in the body of in the body of Christ, but. It at least shows their concern for spiritual priority. So, you know, to the question of uh, why is it important in the life of a minister, it is the life of a minister. It's the it's the definition <laughs> in the question. Yeah. It is the life of a yeah, minister. You, it's yeah. the old thing that you've heard many times, you can't give what you don't have. Right. And if at any time we get tempted to reverse it, we suffer for it. Right. I've suffered for it. You've suffered Absolutely. from it. Uh, whenever we just become doers of things. Yeah instead of lovers of God. Yeah, and even think about Jesus. You know, he's performing all the miracles, and he leaves, and people are there, and the disciples find him and say, hey, you got to come back. There's more people who need miracles. And Jesus said, no, no, that's not what I'm here to do. Even a good thing like miracles that can get in the way of that quiet, personal time with... And, unrushed and even, yeah, all the unrushed. time. Yeah, always. And you think of the Ten Commandments. The first half is to how to... Uh, how to get your relationship right with God. The second half is that. Think of Acts twenty twenty eight. Uh, take care of yourself and the flock. Yep. But yourself comes first in your relationship with God. So it's it's a thread, a golden thread, yep. whatever yep. color thread. We're not sure. It's, we're not sure. It could what be red, thread blue. Is, but we, we know there's a thread. <laughs> there's a thread, and and it's it's there from the very beginning of time that yep. that we have this understanding of the importance of that in each and every person's life. Yep. So if we know that, and I think we all know that, Tim, at some level, but but it's harder and harder to practice that. And yep. I asked, a, a, it might have been Wayne Benson, the uh, great pastor from Grand Rapids. I asked him one time, why? how did you guys preach Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, and sometimes a Friday night Bible study? We call those the good old days. The good old That's days, right, right. right. I right. said, how did you do that? And why did that stop? And he said, social media, email. <laughs> He said it got it got to be too much. Yeah. He said I could not do what I did back then, now because of the access people have and things. So, I don't know if it's just the season, but but it seems like you have to be more intentional to pursue that the life giving nature of Christ in our lives uh, than it has ever been. So, why do you think that's becoming yeah. more difficult? Well, I think we have to first acknowledge that before we talk about it being more difficult. 
we acknowledge that it has, in fact, always been to some degree difficult. Excellent. Um, as you know, the scriptures testify, there's scriptures about not growing cold, not right. falling away from your first love, remaining stable and steadfast, running the race. These are all things, admonishments that are being given to the church in the first hundred years. You're right. So, so we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that in all times and all places, people's natural response because of their sinful nature will be something like, I got this, God. You right. know, I can do this. Right. I can do this on my own. However, I do think it's fair without getting caught up in this, uh, this feeling of the good old days, right. so to speak, to truly say, as you just said, that there is more challenges today. Mm-hmm at least in what we're offered. And I think you already really gave us the answer, which is that if the enemy of spiritual hunger is filling ourselves up with all kinds of other things, worldly appetites, we might say, then we live in an age in which there is an abundance Mm. of offerings to fill us up. It's easier to, to gluttonize ourselves at the table of worldly desires than ever before. And, and you know this, that, it's easy to talk about the big things, drugs and alcohol and pornography right. and stuff, but there's a thousand little things. Oh. In the, I mean, it, it's not just those things. Yeah. Good things, wonderful books and television shows and, it's, it's and podcasts. Anything. Yeah, and podcasts. <laughs> not this one, of course. Yeah, not this one. Not no. this one. Yeah. It, it's when anything, yeah. good or bad, becomes an everything that we get our eyes off the only thing. That's right. That was a good phrase. I'm going to write that down. Write it. Write that down. Yeah, write that down. It's like Jesus' words to the church at Ephesus, this I have against you. You've done all these good things, but you've forgotten your first love. Right. And of course, if you forget your first love, which is the Lord. Right. It's not that no, it's not that everything that you do will be absolute evil corruption. Right. But it won't flow from the life-giving reality of of Christ. what we're called to do. Right. That's right. Yeah. So what... What does one have to do to position their life and heart? So if someone's, let's say we, we have different people listening. We have people who feel like they're in a groove right now. They are thriving in their spiritual hunger and spiritual life. What advice would you have to continue in that? Number two, if you have someone here who's saying, man, I'm just kind of struggling right now. I uh, I feel like the Lord's not hearing me. I'm not hearing uh, him. The uh, ministry has become you know burdensome and I don't feel the sense of God's presence. In either case, how do you maintain spiritual hunger? And, you know, and uh, and secondly, how do you regain spiritual yeah. hunger if you've lost it? Okay. Well, let's start at the second one. Let's yeah. start at the person that's lost it. Yeah. Um, do you remember in Moses' sermon in Deuteronomy when he tells the people, when you go into this land that God has provided for you, you're going to find houses that have been built. Yep. And you're going to find cisterns that have oh, been yeah. dug and, and olive yeah. groves that have been planted. And when you get there, you're going to find some good stuff. And when you get there and you're full and happy, which means God doesn't condemning a good life or a life that has good things. He said, that's when you really need to be careful mm-hmm. that you might lose sight of the Lord, your God, who brought you into this place. Absolutely. So I hope this doesn't sound a little bit strange to people, but I can't help but wonder if sometimes we are unwilling to acknowledge that our lack of spiritual hunger is because we are so satisfied mm-hmm. with the cisterns that have been dug and the olive trees that have already grown well and the said. vineyards that have already been planted. Yeah. So I wonder if sometimes, and this is tough, Pastor, because it's not as if we're trying to preach some Gnostic, otherworldly faith where nothing on this earth is good and reject you know, right. relationships and homes. It's not that. Yeah. But I wonder if sometimes it is as simple as saying, well, maybe I'm not spiritually hungry. Because for whatever reason, maybe I'm stressed, maybe I'm too busy, this, that, or the other thing, I'm just full on other things. Yeah. And so, I mean, as practical as that sounds, 
I wonder if sometimes it just takes taking accounting of that um, that factor of our life. And it can even be pride, even beyond just the the satisfied. We look what I did is one step away from look what I did without you, God. Yes. And sometimes we just look at what we've had a hand in building. And it's not that we're just satisfied with what we've received. It's satisfied with what we built. That's right. And we sometimes go, look what I did. And when we have those thoughts, we have to be careful because that separates us from the dependence on God. Uh, I think it can be that too. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And this is really the crux of the matter, because when you talk about spiritual hunger or lacking it, I think I already said this, but you can't say, hey there, fella or missus, get some spiritual hunger. Mm -hmm. There. So the only way to develop that is to put yourself in a position in which you're not receiving all of your fulfillment and satisfaction in the things that you do and are and receive, but in and who the Lord is. Your identity is in him. That's your right. assignment is different. That's I, right. I heard a, uh, and, Greg Surratt said that. Not yeah. Too long ago. And I think this is where like spiritual hunger really is almost synonymous with what we might call spiritual formation or even the spiritual disciplines. Right. I mean, at, at the heart of the matter, the spiritual disciplines are really about stripping away all the various ways we so easily satisfy ourselves. Right. I mean, fasting is the quintessential example of this. Right. I mean, fasting food here we're talking. I know right. there's some value in I'm not, not going to watch TV not or something. Not fast food, fasting yeah, food. Fasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Is that it's a way of saying, okay, food is one way that every single day I gain strength for the things that I have to do. Right. Which also means it's one more reason why I don't need to derive strength from the Lord. I hope right. this isn't coming across no, too heavy-handed. No, I get okay. it. Okay, because, it. I, again, it's, you know, yeah. who among us doesn't need to grow in that way? Right. But the spiritual disciplines in general are a kind of stripping away mm -hmm. of the things that we depend on, like food right. or something of that nature, and saying, Lord, when the cravings arise, when I when I don't eat, when I seek you, and there's some craving arise that I normally satisfy just through earthly means, right. Excuse me. Yep. I'm going to now seek you in right. that place Absolutely. and allow you to fill me up in that place. Um, this is what the Christians, dare I say, whole life is about. I mean, if, if at the end we intend to be with the Lord where we hunger and thirst no more and every tear is dried from our eyes, the Christian is one that says, I think that some of that life, mm -hmm. not the fullness of it, not right. the perfection of it, but some of that life can be experienced today. Because that's what Jesus said, that he had right. come to announce a new kingdom. Right. You know, believe the good news, repent. Yeah. The kingdom of God is at hand. And uh, I think that's what he's inviting us into. I love that. And so as we walk, talk about the subject matter and uh, we're looking at spiritual hunger, what are some, as we uh, close up this podcast, what are some practical ways a minister who's listening to this can ensure or protect this area of their life? Okay, so here are some thoughts that I have on that matter. Uh, I'll just say three things. First and foremost, I would say don't believe the lie that you have something more important to do than knowing God. Oh, come on. That's good. So don't ever fall in for the trap that there is something more important. How mm. could that ever be true? Can't be true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we may allow ourselves to believe it right. or think that we have something else to do, but that could never be true. Mm. Um I've thought of this before. It's a little it's an interesting thought exercise. Feel free to uh, remove it. Um <laughs> If a church existed just to provide Christian goods and services, so a sermon on Sunday, some teaching on Wednesday, yeah. some things for the kids, some things for the youth, some right. songs to sing, if the only reason that we existed was for that purpose, then why wouldn't a church just hire two administrators hmm. to sit in an office and fill those spots? There are plenty of people that are happy to share, plenty of people that are happy to sing. 
Um, but if the church is something more than that, that must mean that God designed it, in, in fact, not to just be run as an administrative duty, right. but to be led by spiritual people. Absolutely. And I think that that's an interesting thing that pastors should remind them. Wait a minute. If, if we're just here to make sure there's a sermon and a yeah. program and an event, why are there pastors at all? Why isn't it just mm. administrators that run the church? What a question. And there's pastors because the, the church needs spiritual life. Right. And the pastor is imperfectly yeah. <laughs> a journey, a pilgrim of their own right. trying to do that. So don't believe the lie that you have something more important to do than knowing God. Second, I would say believe that God wants to make himself known. Yeah, come on. That that we are Christians, and being Christians means we believe that the Christ is God and that he emptied himself, taking the form of, of man and, and became obedient to death, even death on a cross, yeah. and surrendered all of who he was that we might know God. And because of this, he is now exalted to the highest place. Right. And so I do think to some degree probably we suffer from inferior ideas about God's nature. For sure. Which the Bible clearly says about our God, about Christ, are not true. And then last, I would just say, do the things that will develop spiritual hunger and don't do the things that won't. Oh, good. So you are a minister of the gospel. Yeah. You are not an event planner. You are not a a Christian party put her honor you're a minister of the gospel put her honor i love that can I'm you imagine that. how much better it would have been at the end of this podcast if i'd have had a good word there instead of christian party put her honor. i like that though i think it's good <laughs> i like it but so but we're more than that yeah 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 and so so why do we insist on and again i understand it's not as if i'm saying there's nothing to do right but why do we insist on spending 80 or 90 percent of our energy made up statistic right um on things that are fine, right. but not the ultimate thing, mm. and giving God our final 10% mm. as opposed to the other way around. Wow. And this, of course, is a challenge uh, for all of us. Oh, Tim, this has been so good. I, I just, this this has been good for me just to think as we're talking, I'm going, wow, I got some work to do in some areas. And I, yeah, I know too. all of us listening to, can I just encourage you pastors, and I'll give Tim one final thought here in just a moment, but uh, if we're going to see a move of God across Michigan and we're going to see a revival of whatever nature God wants to pour out, it's got to start within us first. If we can't lead uh, churches that on empty, we can't lead churches Amen. on spiritual empty. We have to lead churches on spiritually full and, and you won't always be full, but we need to be pursuing the presence of God. Uh, let's make that a goal for all of us listening to this. Tim, any final thoughts you have on this? Well, just simply to look to the Word of God and all the times in which it encourages us to be reminded that God's great desire for our, for us is to fill us. Uh, the psalmist says, you open your hand, God, and you satisfy the, satisfy the desire of every living thing. Awesome. So God's desire for us is to satisfy us in Him. Mm. And I think if we could remember that and decide that when we're at the office, when we're leading our church, that it's a good use of our time then yeah. to know God, mm. to read our Bible, that we're never wasting our time. If we're reading our Bible in our office, if we're praying in our office, if we're giving up meals, none of this is to suggest that we're saved by works. Sure. Ne that if we can just decide, I am not wasting my time if I'm reading the scriptures. I am. My congregation is not losing out because I am trying to deep have a deeper understanding knowledge and love for God. In, so in fact, if anything, I'm helping them. So good. And there, there's always going to be a, a bigger church or something, but do what God has called you to do, which is to know him. Tim, that is such good advice. And thank you so much for pouring your heart out and helping us learn. I appreciate you very much. Thanks, Pastor Aaron. 
Thank you for joining the L3 podcast. We pray that it has been beneficial to both you and your ministry. If you would like to know more about the Michigan Ministry Network, please feel free to visit mmn.ag.